0: Nothing but Net NBA podcast featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. And we are back here live with another episode on the Nothing But Net podcast. I'm your host, Steve Carter. We just got done talking about the Eastern Conference just 24 hours ago. We are back just days before the NBA season, down to six, um, to cover the Wild Wild West, the Eastern Conference. We had the big uh, teams at the top, and now we move into the Wild Wild West where it looks like you could have a number of teams uh, be a playoff team. One of these teams will ultimately not even make the play-in and be considered a fairly disappointing season. Um, but with that being said, we'll start here with you, Mike. How you doing, my guy?
1: Fellas, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, we, uh, you know, made our way through the Eastern Conference teams onto the Western Conference teams. Steve, you said it, the Wild West, the Weird West, the What's Gonna Happen West, the whatever you want to call it. There's just a lot to cover in these Western Conference teams. So, you know, I'm ready to get
0: at it. Jamie, what's going on, my guy? We finally get to talk about the Lakers tonight.
2: Yes, sir. What's going on, boys? Um, been a minute uh, back again to here to uh, talk about the the wild, wild west we like talking about. Um, yeah, super interested. Um, you know, there's five or six teams in this Western Conference that I could see, you know, being at the top. Um, you know, as far as one seeds go, it's going to be tough, but uh, ready to get into it here.
0: I think when you're talking finals predictions in the East, we're going to hear a lot of the Celtics, a lot of the Bucs, and I think all that makes a ton of sense to where I think when you look into the West, I think, you know, we could be talking two, three, four, maybe five teams that could uh, be real contenders here as, you know, the Nuggets are trying to go back-to-back, the Warriors are going for their fifth, LeBron's trying to get his fifth here in year 21. Uh, Just so many different storylines to get into the West. So let's roll right into it. And we're going to start at the top with the reigning defending champions with the Denver Nuggets coming off a season in which they won 53 games. Um, They do lose Bruce Brown. They did lose Jeff Green. uh, And they did lose Thomas Bryant. Now, Thomas Bryant didn't give them any real minutes down there at the end of the year. Um, But they do lose key players, especially Bruce Brown. We know how much we all love Bruce Brown here. And... You know they kind of turn some of their future, future uh, picks or their future moves into some of these young guys that they're really trying to bet on with some of these early second round picks, maybe later and late first round picks. Um, I'll start here with you. Mike, start here with you, Mike. What are your thoughts on the D- Denver Nuggets as we start? Holy sheesh. Yep. Um. Yeah. That, uh, overall, I mean, the the
1: Nuggets team is going to be another team that we have to talk about as being one of the best in the West, no doubt about it. However, some of the pieces they lost concern me, I mean, mainly Bruce Brown, um, concern me a little. Uh, do I think they can still obviously be one of the premier teams in the league, let alone the West, of course, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how they, you know, um, kind of how they pivot from moving on from some of these guys, how they come out after winning that championship. Are they going to have the championship hangover that, uh, we sometimes see in sports. Um, I don't know if I really see that for them. I, I think they're not a team that's ever too high or too low. Uh, Giannis is a as kind of humble and kind of even-killed uh, superstar as we've seen. Uh, I think Jamal Murray is going to take steps forward, especially if he's able to stay healthy all year. So uh, it's interesting, like I said, that the, you know, some of the pieces have shifted a little, but I'm not totally concerned for them in general. It's still going to be, I mean, we're still going to be talking about Jokic as a possible MVP. We're still going to be talking about the Denver Nuggets as
0: one of the better teams in the West. Jamie, your thoughts on the Denver Nuggets.
2: Yeah, we go over, you know, who they lost and them coming off of, uh, you know, the championship run of last year and, um, how Jokic is, you know, the way he is, um, saying that he had a bad summer because it wasn't long enough because of winning a championship basically uh all in all it doesn't matter because no one in this league can figure um Nikola Jokic out and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon um Jokic and Murray and that that pick and roll is unstoppable um so yeah, we can go over the roster and all that, blah blah blah. But to me, it's Nikola Jokic, and he's the best player in the world. And until someone can figure out how to slow him down, um, it's gonna it's gonna be the same thing over and over again.
0: Yes, they do lose Bruce Brown, as we kind of mentioned here. But I mean, I'm very interested to see what Christian Braun can do in that role. Uh, gave them some good minutes in the finals. Gave them some good minutes in the playoffs. Um, I'm a believer in Christian Braun, a guy that they drafted in the second round, Julian Strother out of Gonzaga had, a had a really, really nice, uh, preseason here, 20 points in two of his games in the third game. I believe he had 18, um, another guy, maybe that not necessarily they were thinking could contribute early, but his game does translate really well here to the NBA. And I'll start here with you, Jamie. Let's start at the top. The Denver Nuggets over under 52 and a half wins. Over. Easy over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mike.
1: Uh I might go I might go under for them.
0: Okay. I, I definitely would lean the under. Um I think coming off a championship, uh, there's gonna be a little bit of a jet lag. I feel like Nikola Jokic Listen, uh, he's great, but last year it took him a month or two to really get going, and he's going to be great. Uh, but I just see there being a little learning curve. The the guys that they have lost, mainly Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, who gave them some good veteran minutes, now you're kind of relaying, relying on some of these younger guys. It might take them a little longer to get into it. With that being said, Jamal Murray could flat out be an all-star this year and make us look crazy for doing this, uh, Mike. But I will also lean the under here on Denver. I just think they're going to be motivated uh, more so towards the second half of the year. And, I, you know, I, I could see this team resting. And I don't know that their drive is going to be as heavy in the, po- in the regular season as we have saw in the past couple of years at times. Uh, so with that being said, I will also lean the under. Next, we get into a team that's had a... Mess of an offseason in some sense in the Memphis Grizzlies. Ja Morant notably suspended for 25 games for his uh, actions um, being on live waving uh, a gun. As we all know, we don't necessarily need to keep diving into that. They trade for Marcus Smart, a pretty big deal. Um, I would say they gave up Tyus Jones and some picks, but they bring back Marcus Smart. They bring in a Derrick Rose, um, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting season here for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Can they continue to have success without Jaw? Morant? That will continue to be a storyline. Last year, the success wasn't as much, but there was still some success without jaw. Are they able to carry that over to start this year in a crazy loaded Western conference? I'll start here with you, Mike.
1: Yeah, the Grizzlies have certainly an interesting scenario. Um, You know, we we mentioned jaw thing from last year to this year. Um, to me, I think perhaps even the bigger question mark aside from Jaws absence, um, and then his presence on the court is going to be Jaron Jackson jr. There's times guys where last year we were talking about Jaron Jackson jr. As being one of the, I'll call him one of the premier big man talents in the league. Um, we talked about him possibly just being the best player on the team. Uh, then we get to USA Basketball with the World Cup. There was, I think, a player's poll that had, I think, Jaron Jackson Jr. ranked as the best, uh, you know, per that poll, rated as the best player on the team. And then my boy had his very significant struggles in the FIBA World Cup. Now, I know it's FIBA. I know it's different players. It's different roles. It's different this, this, and that. But I don't know. I, I At some level, I, you think it. Is that a concern coming back into the NBA this season? To me, it is. Um, Or to me, it's even a question of how much he even wanted to be on that USA team. But uh, I would be just mildly concerned. But I also think that, you know, a young talent like Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, I think he's heard all the noise. He's heard some of the questions. I think he can use it as motivation and come back having a very uh, solid year, uh, and one of his better of his career. So that's kind of the question mark too, for the Memphis Grizzlies for me. Uh, I don't know if I see them having as much success, um, without John Morant. It, Marcus Smart's a glue guy. Uh, you know, he can fill out a lot of roles, but I don't know. Um, does he continue to success without John Morant? It, it, it's a question for me. So they're, they're kind of, uh, Tricky to pick out in that regard, so we'll we'll have to see how they kind of pan out.
0: Jamie, what are your thoughts here on Memphis?
2: Yeah, we talked about you know the how Jaw's gonna miss about a quarter of the season, and uh if you lose Dylan Brooks, you bring in Marcus smart um the thing my question is offensively without Jaw, how are they gonna stay afloat? um We've seen what Desmond Bain can do um uh an all star talent. Um, at times um, but also has games where it doesn't even seem like he's out there um, I like the Marcus Smart and Desmond Bain um, backcourt um, until Ja returns I think defensively that's um, that's scary for opposing teams um, and and also I think what helps the Grizzlies this year and they have a big target that's basically off their back with Dylan Brooks not being there um, talking all this shit that he did Um, the last two years um, just about uh, dynasties and blah 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 and this and that Um, I think uh, the Grizzlies need to and I think they realize this now um, you know stop talking so much and play the game Uh, I still think this team has uh, a lot of talent Um, I don't think uh, they're going to be Uh, a number two seed again, but I do think they have a lot of talent on this team. And once Jaw gets back and everything's um, flowing correctly, they with jaw, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain and um, you know, and, and help from Marcus smart. I think this team could, could definitely make some noise in the playoffs.
0: All right, let's go to you, Jamie over or under 45 and a half wins after coming a year off of where they just won, uh 51 games
2: i'm gonna take the under uh here
1: mike uh oof, 44 and a half i think i'm i think i'm gonna take the under as well here if i could like spread it with like a game and a half maybe they i think they fall in that range but i'll go under
0: yeah, I agree. I, I think the West is too tough for them to uh, kind of wait to get this thing rolling. And listen, we know how good Jaw is. We know how good this team's going to be when Jaw is back. But these first 25 games, you know, adding a guy like Marcus Smart kind of changing, not necessarily identity, but there's a huge difference in how John Morant and Marcus Smart play basketball. Marcus Smart will be bringing a lot of toughness and a lot of leadership to a team um, that that needs it. And they need some guidance and Listen, I think Marcus Smart will be good for that. I ultimately think the West is going to be pretty tough this year. So with that being said, I will take the under on the Memphis Grizzlies. Next, we'll roll into uh, the darlings of last season. They break through. Um, they break through an 18-year playoff drought. The Sacramento Kings. They were lighting the beam all year. They had a phenomenal season, winning. 48 games as they roll into a new year here bringing in Chris Dorte from a trade also getting JaVale McGee um and then a couple of second round picks uh I'll start here with you Mike what are your thoughts here early on the Sacramento Kings you know I I think it's an easy spot for a lot of people kind of like
1: what we said maybe about uh Well, I don't know about you guys. I think I said it about Memphis Grizzlies last year, where the year prior they had a very good season, Um, but then I just see them coming down, overachieving a touch. I think it's easy to see that for the Kings this year um, that they overachieved last year and they might come down a touch. I think that may be the case, but maybe not to the extent of what a lot of other people think. Um, I'm still pretty high in the the Kings. Uh, I think they still have a good roster. I think De'Aaron Fox is only improving. I think DeMontis Sabonis is still uh, you know, take your pick of, you know, top five big men in the league, maybe even um higher than that. Uh you mentioned some of the acquisitions. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Kings are just well coached too with Mike Brown. Um I think having the success they did last year is only more motivating to them this season. I don't think they come out and lay an egg and just uh underperformed by a, a wide margin if it is any you know if it was an overachieving year for them last year uh i'm not saying if they have a worse year that it's underachieving this year i think it's just a tougher west coast or a western conference uh lineup for them to face so uh still like the kings still uh you know like a, a lot what they um what they're gonna bring this year Um, it's kind of a fun story to follow last year, but you know, now they got to prove that it wasn't just a fluke that they, um, you know, they're actually a threat in the West.
0: Yeah. That's the big thing, right? Like you got to prove consistency. It's nice to break through, um, the playoff drought, but ultimately it's going to come down to consistency. They did. They had a hell of a first round against the golden state warriors in which Steph dropped uh, 50 in game seven. I think, um, sometimes we forget how good they were in that series, especially when we're talking about the, uh, minus that Sabonis was in that series at moments. Um, but in the regular season, Sabonis is a very, very good player and it's not as easy to attack him as it is in a playoff series. And it's not necessarily as what it is like in the playoffs, obviously it's a matchup game more so than it is in the regular season. So with that, why I think Sabonis is just a much better regular season player. Jamie, your thoughts here on the Sacramento Kings
2: offense 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 um that's what they were predicated upon uh, last year and i don't see that changing much um i think darren fox has a little bit of chip on on his shoulder um especially after seeing the player rankings uh the preseason pre play, uh whoa, the preseason player rankings um i believe he was somewhere in the 30s um as well as Sabonis, uh, I think Sabonis is still underrated. He had a bad postseason last year, but um, but I think him that pick and roll between Fox and Sabonis is is lethal. And then you add in um, uh, Davion Mitchell, who can hound you full court, and then you um, bring in Monk, who Malik Monk, who can score forty on any any given night um and then you have guys like Trey Lyles and Kessler Edwards and Kevin Horder who's a phenomenal shooter um I like this team I I don't know if they can necessarily stay where they were last year but I do see this team making the playoffs and I think they're going to be a tough out every single night
0: Mike 44 and a half wins for the Sacramento Kings over or under What were they last year? 48
2: Um, I'll go over. Jamie? You said four, uh, what'd you say? Forty what?
0: Forty four and a half. They had 48 last year.
2: Um, boy, 44. Um, man. I, I gotta go over because, um, because if they're going to make the playoffs they got to <laughs> they got to win more than uh, 44 games so I'll go over
0: yeah i'm 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 not i'm not with you fellas here on this one i think the kings i think like a lot of things went right for the kings uh, i think there were some teams in the west right the clippers obviously had their own issues the lakers had their own issues all year uh, the Warriors had their own issues last year. The Suns are better this year, uh, some would say. Well, especially early here in the season, now that they have Durant to go with Beals. We'll get into here in a quick moment. Um, but I think this is just a natural regression year for the Sun or the Kings. I'm not sure that I'm ready to just bet that this is going to be a consistent, uh, one of the best teams in the NBA, per se, uh, type, type team. Um, I'm going to go as far as saying that I think this is going to be a play in and I don't think that's necessarily a slight at them. Um, but to understand how good the West is. And when we go through all of these teams, a lot of these teams have expectations to not only make the playoffs, but win a series. And one of these teams aren't even going to make the play in. And when I say that, I think this is a play in, I think it's just more about natural regression, more about the law of average when everything goes right. One year, uh, typically doesn't do that in back-to-back years. So it'll be very interesting to see if the Kings are going to, be able to hold um, their status. Now we can roll into the Phoenix Suns who have had one of the more popular big crazy offseason DeAndre Ayton's out, Chris Paul's out, Torrey Craig's out, pretty much everyone on the damn roster last year is out and they're, they're scrapped it they went in on Bradley Beal. They go out and get Grayson Allen in return for the DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Bull Bull comes in. Eric Gordon, I think, is a low-key signing. That could be really good for them. Nasir Little is a guy that we've kind of mentioned. Jurkic uh, is also coming back in the DeAndre Ayton trade. Yuta Wannabe was a guy who made a bunch of corner threes. Can he continue to do that? Um, outside of kind of their top four or five guys, there's a whole lot of question marks when we're talking about the Phoenix Suns. Jamie, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts here on the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, there's a lot of questions, um including a new coach, Frank Vogel, my bad. Yep. Uh
2: new coach, uh defensive-minded coach, um you know, from the the Pacers to the Lakers and now on the Suns. Um I think this is the best trio in the league, uh in my opinion. Um but it's the same thing we've been we've kind of been saying, um for uh a month now a couple months now it's um point guard play you gotta have a point guard um i don't see one that's um that's frankly good enough to put them in the positions that they need to be put in as far as scores goes um yeah devin booker can step in that spot and create a lot for himself and others, but I'd rather see someone creating for Devin Booker and Bradley Beal and KD opposed to um, opposed to them creating uh, for each other. Um, also, obviously, they're going to. That's just how basketball works. But I'd like to see them make a move here. Um, you know, maybe maybe before the trade trade deadline to pick up somebody um, that can kind of be the orchestrator in that group um but all in all i mean when you have kd and kevin booker kevin kd and devin booker on your team um it's going to be tough to stop you every night um now they have a full year under their belt uh, full off season i'm anxious to see see how this how this juggernaut can can go
0: michael is is it sustainable for the Suns to have this kind of turnover and yet be as highly rated as they are here in the preseason
1: uh, I I mean, with the lineup they have and the star power they have, it is of course possible.
0: Um you know,
1: is it probable? It's tough to say, I guess. I mean the sky could potentially be the limit if everything's are if everything is clicking for them and firing on all cylinders. Uh but we've also seen when three stars get together and things aren't meshing well and it kind of turns into a disaster, so uh I don't know. I really don't feel like I need to touch too much on the Suns here. You guys have said a lot. It's it to me it's just simple. They they got to go out and perform at a high rate together. Um and if not then it, it probably is the point guard play as you guys have alluded to. Um but if you go out and get a point guard, you know, what are who's going where? You're now putting KD probably four um Maybe book, uh, sorry, Beal three, book two, and then your point guard, and then Nurkic. Uh, I'm not saying it can't work. I just maybe they maybe they're looking at the lineup and saying, uh, no, we how we want to move forward with it. We got to have Booker at the point guard. So I don't know, but they really just got to go, um, you know, out there and play and win games like they're supposed to. There's a high standard on them. There's a a target on their back. Uh, anything less than kind of achieving um, some of their aspirations is going to be. Um, you know, highly scrutinized across the league.
0: Yeah, I know, Jamie, I know you're hoping they can go out and kind of get a point guard The only issue is they're kind of all in, like they've kind of tied in all their assets to get what they've got. And then this is what it's going to be. And if it works, it works. That's great. Um, But if it doesn't, I don't know, like how you can really bend this. Now the buyout market, obviously they're going to be a popular place. We'll have to see what comes to fruition there. Um, but when we're talking about being able to make a move as in a trade, I, I, it's just not much that they have left in the cabinet. If anything, uh, that's kind of the position that they put themselves in, especially next year. When we're talking about the new salary cap stuff, um, they're going to be way past the second apron. And I, I don't know. I don't know. This is a very much an all in team where if they don't win a title this year, (laughs) or next year, and next year, I, th- I think they have a better chance to win a title this year than next year, because Kevin Durant will be 36, um, uh, it's going to be interesting, I think there's a whole lot of pressure for everything to go right here for the Suns, and with that being said, Mike, I'll start here with you, 52 and a half, over or under, for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, it's it's a
1: tough number, um, <laughs> it's a tough number. I'll... I'll buy, sure. I'll say the over. See what happens.
0: Mm. Jamie.
2: I'm going to take I'm going to take the under on this one. Um like we've discussed, I think once they get in a decent playoff spot, they might sit um sit their stars, so I think that'll kill some wins here.
0: Yeah, and the new resting rule though, you can't necessarily sit stars together, and I think they have three guys that qualify, so that means you're always going to have at least two stars playing. Yeah. In Bradley Beal and D. Book and Kevin Durant, um, I gotta have a one seed. I gotta take an over, a big over here, and I, I'm gonna have to say it's the Phoenix Suns. I'm just. I'm very concerned about the point guard thing, but I also think like these guys might just be too good and it's not necessarily going to matter. I think it doesn't necessarily matter as much in the regular season, but when the game slows down, that's where my concerns can kind of come into fruition. But for the regular season, I think these guys just might score 125 a night. And with a guy like Frank Vogel coaching, um, you can't anticipate them giving up that many points and not figuring out defensively. So that's where I'll leave it with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, They only won 45 games last year, but that we, listen, they got Kevin Durant. They overhauled the roster in the middle of the year. Um, They're all in right now. Um, It scares me because I don't like betting on teams where everything has to go right for them. But with that being said, I'll take the bet. I'll take the bet with the Suns. I think this is the one seed in the West in the regular season. Um, I think their questions will be more about the postseason when the game slows down um, and they need to get other each other looks. Will they be able to do so? With that being said, let's move into a team that I picked to go to the NBA Finals and Jamie, I think, might have went picked to go to the NBA Finals. The Los Angeles Clippers. And the story just stays the same. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, it's hard to bet on. Not many losses, right? They only lost the key contributor is uh, Eric Gordon. I think, uh, listen, Eric Gordon has a role in this league, and he he's a great six man, and I'm sure that's going to be the role he plays in uh, Phoenix. But with that being said, you know they didn't lose much, they didn't gain much. It's kind of the same roster. The rumors keep swirling here um, about James Harden. Are they able to finally get that deal done? That's something that I don't really know. Um, but it seems like they have a decent enough offer that they believe in that can get it done. Um, Daryl Morey is kind of holding that up. Uh ultimately we can't talk about that right now. But with that being said, I'll start with you, Jamie. You picked them to go to the finals right and what are your thoughts here on the Clippers?
2: Yes, that is correct. Uh picked them to go to the finals last year, hoping, you know, the the two studs can- could stay healthy but um as we've seen in their careers they couldn't and uh you know it's kind of the same thing i'm really i wouldn't say i'm super high on them but i'm definitely i think this team has the capabilities of you know being as good as anybody in the west um especially you know with with the roster that they have they have a a mixture of veterans and young guys that um that could do a lot of damage in the west and but it's all it's all predicated upon whether Kawhi and Paul George can stay healthy, and um, if they can, we've seen the capabilities of Kawhi in the playoffs. Um, short, but it was sweet um, going toe to toe with with KD. And um, I I'm gonna say the same thing I said last year. If they stay healthy, they have they they can beat anybody, and they could be at the top of the West. But Um, I just, again and again, I don't see it happening. Um, and that's, that's basically where I'm at on the Clippers.
0: Mike, your thought on the Clippers? Yeah,
1: they're, they're a bit exhausting to me at this point. Um, you know, we talk about, they have, they literally do have the best two, two way, you know, the the best two way players, uh, in the league on on their team. Um, no other team has two two way players like they do. Um, I just don't know. I, I just am predicting something going wrong for them. Um, and if it comes down to injury, I'd obviously not trying to speak that into existence. And that is unfortunate. Uh, but it's just, we've been kind of hearing this story ever since Kawhi and PG ended up in LA. Um, You know, really haven't made a ton of noise when they play together. Of course, they're good when they're healthy. That's a a good Clippers team. But uh, it's not like we can't each year keep saying, oh, like, you know, freak injury or uh, bad luck or this or that. It's been consistent. So it's tough for me to, like, really buy in and say this is their year. But, I mean, maybe this is after, uh, you know, so many, you know, years of them or, you know, a couple of years here where they've had these injuries and whatnot, maybe this is the year they, they stay healthy. They put it together um, and have a good year. If that's the case, then yeah, sky is the limit, I think for them. Um, I'm just not banking on it really.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I love Ty Lu, especially in playoff situation, regular season. It is what it is with the Clippers, right? Um, I don't know. It, how can you bet on these guys? And Vegas is saying the same thing. The over-under for them is 45 and a half after a year in which they won 44. Um, so pretty much they're expecting the same, maybe a, a game better, uh two, well, two games better technically uh, than they were last year. Jamie, I will start with you. Over-under 45 and a half here for the Clippers.
2: Oh, man. I. I... One thing I can always count on and then, and that's Russell Westbrook playing 1000% and staying healthy so I think I'm going to go the over but I don't think it's going to hit by much
1: Mike Could you say it again sorry 45 and a half and where were they last year 44 Good lord um we had the Kings at 44 Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Just let me get annoyed at it. I'll go over
0: each. We're jinxing them because I also kind of like the over here. Um, Partially because I do think they end up with James Harden here. Uh, Maybe not before the season, but I think the urgency picks up and they land James Harden. And I think, I don't know how the hell it fits, but uh, I think James Harden could uh, be an interesting piece for them. especially because it sounds like they wouldn't be giving much back. But uh, it's still a deep roster. I still like Zubak. I still like still like these guys. I picked them go to the finals. I bet on these guys. It really comes down to Paul George and Kawhi staying healthy. Um, not an easy bet, but I will lean the over with the Los Angeles Clippers. And that brings us to the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green um, is going to miss... They're uh, a little bit here to start the year. I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't think it should be much more than a couple of weeks, but we know the big acquisition they had this off in Chris Paul. Um, it's going to be very weird to see Chris Paul in a Golden State Warriors uniform after all the battles that he's had with this team against this team in different times when he was with the Clippers, when he was with the Suns, uh, just, just a weird time here to see Chris Paul as a member of the Golden State Warriors Ultimately, Steph's chasing five. The core is chasing five. Um, Clay isn't really happy about the contract situation. Uh, It's a very big year here for the uh, Golden State Warriors. They ultimately choose to keep Draymond and to send out Jordan Poole. Um, I'll start with you, Mike. What in the world is going on with the Warriors? And can they find their magic as they look for number five? Um, yeah, I think they
1: can ultimately. I I really don't know what's telling me that. I just think, uh, you said it, they're making another push. Uh, they probably see the light at the end of the tunnel for them as a unit. Um, they're getting older as a unit. Uh, the league's kind of getting better. Um, yeah, I, I I do think they can make a, a solid run here and the warriors are, I mean, It doesn't take much for Steph and Clay to get going. Let's say they get to the playoffs. You know, they have a a successful enough season to put them somewhere in the top five seeds. Um, Then come playoffs, you don't want to face Steph for potentially seven games in a playoff series. You don't want to face... um, uh, Sorry, Clay. Andrew Wiggins is already talking about he wants to be all defensive or potentially defensive player of the year. Like, that's where his mindset is at. He's not really even worried about anything... Uh, being all-star related uh so i kind of like them coming into the season Be honest with you we'll see what the chris paul experiment's gonna be um i i do i have my i have my gripes with uh chris paul but ultimately i do think he can help this team um they gotta find their niche they gotta find their rhythm i think they can do that they're smart savvy players uh yeah we'll see but um Yeah, I certainly think they can make a strong push. So uh, we'll see kind of how it gets going
0: and where, you know, how they fit early on. Yeah, it's, it's, listen, I think they're definitely the most interesting team, especially when we're talking about who's starting. Can Chris Paul and Steph Curry play on the floor together? Obviously, we know Steph is very good off the ball. Um, Are they going to be able to run around here with, 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 Staffing uh, Chris on the floor together defensively and their size limitations that kind of pushes out one of the starters. Um, I don't know how that necessarily works, especially when we're talking about Wiggins, Draymond, um, and um, forgetting who their center is. It's um, Kevin Looney who has given them some huge minutes. Uh, the starting rotation is going to be very interesting. Is Chris Paul willing to come off the bench? All things that we may be... Uh, waiting to see here as the season comes to us jamie your thoughts on the golden state warriors
2: yeah i mean cp3 getting added to this team um i don't necessarily have a question on if it'll work because everywhere he goes um he figures it out and 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 it works um and now you put him on uh, one of the best dynasties we've ever seen i don't think that's the issue um, I think he'll fit fine. The issue is, like you said, um, how are the others going to be able to play alongside him and um, play off of his game? Um, I mean, we've seen the the Steph and Draymond pick and roll or dribble handoff for years now. It's been one of the best weapons we've ever seen. Now, with CP3, that um, that that pick and roll becomes a lot different with Draymond because Draymond's not necessarily a pick and roll scorer. Um, he's more or less that hand, more or less that handoff guy, fake the handoff and just jet to the basket for, for an easy layup. Um, I think this team definitely gets better as far as facilitating wise, because now, um, Clay gets to play with, um, you know, a point guard that is a prototypical point guard. Um, I think he'll get these guys open looks. Um, And not only that, I think he'll be able to get open looks for himself because he's um, probably the fourth best scorer that's going to be on the floor at all times. So um, I think he'll be able to fit in, um, but also I don't necessarily know uh like you said how the how the starting lineup is gonna go and all that shit um but all in all i think this warriors team is um just is gonna be better than they were last year because i think they'll be healthier um andrew wiggins was out for a lot a lot of the time last year with for personal reasons um steph was out a while Uh, i think if they stay healthy i mean we can say this about any team if they stay healthy um they're gonna be a problem every night
0: yeah, I mean it's the Golden State Warriors. they you know, their their system is their system and it's it's been that way for a very long time and they're adding another very intelligent player to their system. So uh I can't wait to see how it plays out here. But we will go into their over under at forty seven and a half, and I'll start here with you, Jamie.
2: Um forty seven and a half. I I'm gonna take the under. Mike
1: uh i'll try for an over and that see what happens
0: yeah i'm gonna lean the under here i'm just a little worried i think well and it's tough here because the new the new sitting out rules uh so most of these guys are gonna have to play as they've been all-stars in their career uh i lean the under i think it could take a little time getting used to with chris paul but i definitely think it could be dynamic down the stretch and uh maybe a pick that i, I regret but 48 wins just seems like an awful lot in a tough Western conference for this team. Um, But with that being said, let's move into Jamie's Los Angeles Lakers who have had a very active offseason, kind of loading up that bench as they get in Jackson Hayes, Gabe Vincent, Christian Wood, uh, Cam Reddish is kind of one of those guys. Torian Prince has had a nice preseason. Uh, Their draft pick Jalen Hood, um, Yeah, it's just been an awesome offseason. I mean, the Lakers are coming off of a a very kind of underwhelming regular season, but then which turned into uh, a crazy postseason run in which they really dominated at a high level, led by Anthony Davis. Uh, LeBron was playing with the foot injury. Um, So now he should be fully healed. The Lakers are coming off a season which they won 43 games. But if I recall, they were kind of always in that 10, 11, 12 spot for most of the year. And then after the all-star break, they really put everything together and went on a run. Jamie, let's start with you here on your Los Angeles Lakers.
2: They have more depth this year than I can ever remember a Laker team having. Um, Usually they're, you know, so top heavy with talent that um you know you get a couple guys off the bench here and there that can come in and do work but um this team is deep um and they're talented and i the uh, the one thing that is a little questionable for me is the draft pick um Hood Shafino or Shaflino um I should probably get his name right here before the season starts. But um, that's the one thing that's a little questionable for me is that backup point guard spot. Um, we know how D'Angelo uh, Russell can be at times. and um, But, I mean, beyond that, I, I love how this team's constructed. I think um, we've talked about the, the dip that LeBron's going to have, um, which is pretty much how it usually is and not a dip at all. Maybe, you know... Uh, a little less points a little more assists stuff like that but they add they add a ton of guys um and I'm um, it's hard to hold back my excitement cuz I'm I'm ready for this
0: year let me tell you what yeah I mean it's hard not to right they bring back Delo they Extend Austin Reeves, they extend Rui, they extend extend Anthony Davis. They're running it back and they get a nice deeper bench um that gives them a lot of upside, a lot of shooting to really help spread the four for LeBron and AD. And, um, listen, uh, the Lakers right now, the sky's the limit. I think Darwin Ham was a question mark, uh, when he was hired. I think a lot of people were confident in his ability. I think there was moments where it struggled at times, but ultimately it ended on a high for him. Obviously they got swept by the nuggets, but I don't think that should nearly, di- that should uh, necessarily dictate how their season went. Um, it was rough. It was tough at times. LeBron was hurt or AD was hurt. Um, it just felt like they weren't ever going to get on their feet, but when they did, you could just see how dominant this team was. Now they got out by the Nuggets, but listen, I, I think that was a very good series. Um, it was a very close series and a sweep is a sweep, but ultimately, um, you can see where this roster is headed. A guy to, the guy to watch out for appears to be Jackson Hayes. LeBron loves those, uh, those rim those rim runners uh who can play in the pick and roll catch a lobs, and I think uh Jackson Hayes might be a pretty good guy for that uh Mike, your thoughts here on the Lakers,
1: yeah, I mean of course, the thing that really steps out or stands out to them uh, about them is their depth, like you said, Jamie, and uh it really has to be the best depth in the league um Let's see if they can get to off to a better start this year. I can't. I, I don't know if you guys just said it um exactly, but it what were they zero and six zero and eight to start some somewhere in that range, Uh so hopefully you know even that and they still had forty something wins and uh, got competitive down the stretch, um, so yeah, you think if they get to even a mediocre start, that's a couple more wins under their belt and maybe positions positions them to a better spot. Uh, in the Western Conference last year. So I'm sure they'll be looking to do that this year. And even if they do have guys go out to injury, say AD, say LeBron, they do have other guys that can hopefully step up uh, in their absence. And, you know, I, I think it's routine almost at this point to assume that Anthony Davis misses some time. um, And LeBron as well. You don't wish that, obviously, but. Uh, It seems like now they've uh, loaded up to if they do have to pivot to some other lineups, uh, they have the capability to do so. And they're not asking guys to um, assume too much in a different role or, um, you know, to take on responsibility that they really shouldn't have. So uh, really great offseason for the Lakers and a lot of positive things moving forward for them uh, coming into the season.
0: Let's move into their over under and I'll start here with you jamie forty six and a half
2: uh, i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna go over here mike could you say their wins last year again? it was forty three so and it's forty four this year, and it 44 this year, 43 last year, and they 46. started... 46.
0: Did I say 44? I mean 46 and a half. I think you said 46. That's my fault.
1: Oh, no, be good. Um, with that slow start last year, they probably could have been over uh, this number if they even, like I said, had a mediocre start. So, yeah, I'll go over.
0: Yeah, I feel pretty good about the over as well. I mean, it's, it's scary with the Lakers and the injury issues that they do have, but listen... Um, I, I, I do think the Lakers have a better year. I think they're much deeper and they're going to be able to navigate an injury, a missed couple weeks from the stars. They're both going to miss a couple weeks at some point. You just hope it's earlier than later. Um. And listen, I just think the Lakers are a bona fide title contender this year. And I think they're in a small circle in which of teams that really can win it. And I think it is crazy to say, but they've had a really nice offseason, if not the best offseason in the NBA. That brings us into uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, which they've kind of really gone through it here in the last in the last year. Um they gave up everything for Rudy Gobert. It didn't really work out. They were in the play in J- Jaden McDaniels punched a wall, broke his hand. Um so he missed the playoffs uh this series against the Nuggets competitive at times, but uh ultimately it didn't end well. I think they lost in 5. Um they bring in Troy Brown. They drafted a couple of guys. One notable name I like is Leonard Miller. Um, they also bring in shake Milton, but this is really kind of year two of the whole cat Gobert experience. They extend Nas Reed. So now they have like these three high paid big men, um, in which we don't even know how well all three of them can play together in any two out of the three combination. Um, the Timberwolves are coming off a very weird year in which things didn't really work out. They were 42 and 40. They, they were the a seed. Um, I'll start here with you, Mike. What are your thoughts here on the Minnesota Timberwolves?
1: I think a weird year that you said is a good way to describe it. They're a weird team to me. Uh, We kind of saw the fact that, you know, the Cat and Rudy Gobert experiment, we were pretty hesitant on, and rightfully so, because it really didn't pan out. I don't know. It, it, a lot of, comes down to Anthony Edwards. A, a lot comes down to Carl Anthony Downs. Can he stay, uh, can he stay healthy. Can Anthony Edwards take this leap that everybody in the league is expecting him? Um, I think a lot of people are expecting him to be just a premier talent coming in next year. Not saying he's not capable of it, but, um, he certainly has to prove that. I don't think this is a gimme by any stretch. Um, uh, but I don't know. I outside of that, I don't know if what they have um going for them right now is enough to make them, you know, a real threat in the West. Uh, currently towns at times it looks incredible. Um at a lot of times though he, he does not to me anyway. He's still a good player, but uh this team has gaps in it, I think, um, that they need filled before I really can get behind a lot of what they're doing, no less in a, a very uh skilled and star studded west so uh the fact that they're over 500 last year is actually surprising me uh surprising to me i don't think i knew that coming into this podcast until you said that steve so uh
0: yeah i don't know you said it. a weird year overall and i think it sets up kind of for like a weird feel to how this year is vegas kind of likes them as we'll get into that line here in a sec but we'll go to jamie first on his thoughts on the minnesota timberwolves
2: see i'm 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 kind of down on him this year um i think mostly it's personally i just can't stand cat or rudy gobert um and that probably has a lot to do with it but um i i'm high on anthony edwards i think i think the guy's phenomenal uh, i think he's gonna be uh, a future multi multi all star i just i i don't see i don't see a lot of success from from these guys as a whole when they're all together on the floor i just still don't see how it's going to work um but like i said i love anthony edwards i think he's phenomenal i just don't know how much how much how they even gel together to me and i mean this is coming this is year two and i still don't know so um yeah that's where i'm
0: at Oh, I, you got, I don't know. I hate saying this, but I'm like kind of intrigued by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Do I think they're going to win a playoff series? No, but do I think, uh, they could be a good basketball team? Kind of. Like, I kind of do for some reason. Um, but it's still clunky, it still hasn't proven to necessarily work, but, um, I think year two, you'd think things are a little more clear. I think the addition of Michael Conley at the deadline, uh, they were 12 and 12 and 24 games with him. I think he brings a veteran presence that they need at the point guard position. Um, and I think he just fits better with the roster that they have. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I'm kind of intrigued by this team, um, but they scare me. And Vegas's line is a tough one. And I'll start here with you, Mike. 44 and a half after winning 42 games last season
1: oh i think they end up probably somewhere around what they did last season i think you talked about the with with the kings a lot went right for them with some of these other injuries in the west um you know i think that i'm gonna say the same rule is gonna apply to the minnesota timberwolves here uh if we have a lot of these other players and teams fully healthy i don't know if they fully see the um you know the success uh, if you want to call it that as last year so It's at 44 and they're at 42. I I picture they could get somewhere in between the 41, 40, 40, 41, 42 range again. So I'll go just a tad under.
0: Jamie, 44 and a half. I'm taking the under. Oh, yeah. 45 is just a lot, man. It's a lot in a Western conference that just seems so loaded. Um, I'm down on the Kings this year, but it's hard for me to put the T Wolves over them. So. Uh, just naturally, I think it's the under, but it really wouldn't shock me if somehow this team puts things together. I, I don't know why I feel that way, but something just tells me that year two of the T Wolves, they kind of start to figure this thing out.
2: They have it to. It feels, it feels, it feels so high that I you almost like, all right, something's going on here. I gotta take the over, but I still, I still
0: don't want to. Yeah, I, I'm again, I'm oddly interested by what this team is, and oof, that's scary. That is just scary um but not as scary as the team that i was the highest on last year um i was i was super into the new orleans pelicans i said willie green was going to be my coach of the year (sighs) we're back we're back and it's it's the same the same old story that it's been ever since he's been drafted there it comes down to zion williamson uh listen he looks much slimmer we'll see what that means um personally Uh, When he was bigger, I think he was just so dominant and strong, but his body is just obviously not able to play at that weight. Um, So it is good to see that he took care of his body initially in this offseason. We'll see if that comes with uh, the reward of playing more games and being there with his team when it matters. Because listen, when Zion was on the floor, uh, we were talking about the two seed in the Western Conference in uh, like the middle of December whenever Zion went out. And the minute he went out is when this team tanked. Um, Brandon Ingram's coming off a, oof, uh, just not a good playoff or not a good world cup performance with team USA. Uh, we'll see if he can kind of bounce back here in the NBA. Um, nothing crazy that they've added. They did lose Jackson Hayes. Uh, they did draft Jordan Hawkins. I think he was arguably, if not the best shooter in the draft. So I think floor spacing is good for them um it'll be interesting to see here because we've talked about or we've heard kind of like cj saying like our guys need to be there when it matters and it's the truth like the guys need to be there we need to take care of ourselves um but no just the Pelicans' season will just come down to the same thing that it's always came down to and that's the health of zion williams in my opinion i'll start here with you jamie what are your thoughts on the new orleans pelicans
2: yeah i mean i feel like i could just say ditto and be fine um but yeah, like you said, uh, the Zion thing coming in in shape. Um, you know, it's crazy that that he's been in the league this long. And I mean, any NBA player that comes in from the off season, we're like, yeah, he looks like he's in shape. Like, no kidding. Like, he should be in shape. But that's the issue with Zion. It's taken this long. Um, you've heard eight, uh, uh, the uh, Pelicans GM. Uh, I forget. I can't think of his name now, but he was just talking about how it seems like Zion is um, came in with a different mindset this year and stuff like that. But my issue is is taking him this long to 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 find that mindset. And not only was is Zion banged up every year, as we as we know, but last year Brandon Ingram um, just you know sometimes it was just a weird year for him. Like he had a toe issue for a while. And then it seemed like he basically didn't even want to play at times. It was just a weird season in general for the Pelicans. But all that being said, um, I was down on him last year. Um, I'm a little higher this year because I think that the roster that they have um, is is a good roster. And I think that if they could stay healthy... Um, they're going to be an issue because Zion is the top 10 guy in the league. When, when everything's going right, you cannot stop this guy offensively. He is an absolute beast. Um, So, yeah, I think the Pelicans, um, the Pelicans should be in that playoff um, play in um, kind of area next year.
0: Mike, your thoughts here on the New Orleans Pelicans.
1: Yeah, we'll see kind of what they have to offer, what Zion has to offer. Um, CJ, I do think they're well coached. Uh, Ingram coming off an awful FIBA run. Uh, I hope that doesn't carry over uh, to the you know the season, mainly because I have him on a fantasy team. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They're an interesting team too. I we've seen them when they're playing really you know really high caliber basketball that they're a team that is very tough to beat um night in and night out we've seen them with injuries or when they've had inconsistencies that they're a team that really is not a threat night in and night out so uh it's kind of a roll of the dice for me with them Uh, I'm in a similar boat as you guys though i am a little higher on them this year as, as last year um maybe maybe this is the year zion just stays healthy and we see him really have a full successful season and the pelicans we can really get a true identity of who they are because you know he's not uh, out um and injured so uh i think when, when we get an established identity for the pelicans we have we'll have a better trajectory of you know where they are in the season at what point that will come who knows um But yeah, certainly a team to keep your eye on because we have seen kind of what they're capable of when they're performing at a very high level.
0: Yeah, I mean the key number twenty nine games in the last two seasons for Zion Williamson, so um, that kind of is where this is going to dictate the line, and the line set at forty four and a half. And I'll start here with you, Jamie, forty four and a half over or under for the New Orleans Pelicans.
2: Um. Uh, I'm going to go over, and um, and to, to kind of add a little piece to that, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum have played a total of 172 minutes together total as teammates, so that's just absurd to me.
0: Yeah, because I believe uh, Brandon Ingram was missing time before Zion was, and then once yeah. Brandon Ingram kind of came back was when Zion kind of went out, so... Mike, 44 and a half here for the New Orleans Pelicans coming off a year in which they won 42 games. Uh, I would have said,
1: I think I was leaning under, um, but now when I'm breaking it down of where, you know, the Timberwolves are, I forget what we said about the Pacers. I think that they're fully healthy, are better. uh, They're a better team than those teams that are in that mid 40 range. So I will, I will kind of buy into this a little. I'll go over.
0: Oh Man, it, right? Like the they feel like they're a 50-win team if Zion can stay healthy, but they feel like they might be like a 35-win team if we're only playing 20 games again. Um, I think another Zion injury would be detrimental to this team, um, and I think this is another team where a lot of things need to go right before changes kind of have to be made, right? CJ McCollum's getting older. Um, Brandon Ingram hasn't necessarily stayed healthy himself in like – has kind of like failed to be uh the alpha guy at times i I don't know um I don't know it's just a it's weird it's a weird number for the pelicans because it's an easy over if Zion plays it's an easy under if he doesn't play, so the risk here is is I would never touch this line if I'm betting um but I would probably lean the under just because I have to go with what I've saw, and that is Zion not staying healthy um but let's move into uh the hottest team, the the hottest team that's being talked about is taking this huge step, led by one of the uh, one of the top ten players in the NBA. That me and Mike think Jay, Jamie is a little little lower, but not much. Um, we're gonna get into the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, when we talk about their additions, their biggest addition this year is a guy that they actually had. Uh, last year but did not play, and that's Chet Holmgren. I think we're all super excited to see what Chet can do. Um, seven-footer who can handle the rock, can shoot it from all, uh, from anywhere on the floor. Um, listen, I, I think the, the Thunder are in a prime position to take a real leap here. I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, but I'll start here with you, Mike. Do you think the Thunder actually take that step this year? Is this more than just a play-in team?
1: So I think they definitely progress I, I i think they definitely improve this year um now when we say i mean i'll ask you this steve when we say do we when they take that step do you mean they go straight playoffs is that like the, their full step this year
0: um yeah i mean i would say like if they were a seven seed but still made the playoffs would be still like a big step like do they finally get a playoff series i think that's the step they need to take the playoff series yeah that's a good question then um Jeez, we keep talking about
1: how, how good the West is, but uh, I don't know if I I don't know if I'm ready to put them at a, a playoff series yet. If they do, I think it does have to come from playing out of the play in. So I think, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and put them. I think they still have to play out of the play in um, to get to a series. Uh, look, I like I like SGA. Where you know we've been big on SGA for a while now. Uh, the addition of Chet Holmgren is going to be huge, I think, for them. You know, after we divvy out of them, it's Josh Giddy, it's Lou Dort, but is that enough to carry them through this Western Conference um, as still being young players to, you know, solidify them uh, as uh, getting a playoff spot and a playoff series? I don't know. I think it's borderline. I think it's fringe. Uh, if it happens, you're not going to surprise me. If it doesn't happen, I'm also not surprised, but I'm also really not like too discouraged. Um, I think they are gonna be a better team this year. uh, but we keep talking about these other teams being healthy, these other players being healthy. That impacts those <laughs> that impacts those teams kind of at the the fighting spot in the play you know playoff spot those those numbers I, I think it impacts them, and I think they're one of those teams. so um uh, they're they're fringed, they're right there. um I would like to see them maybe with all their picks and whatnot what to see if they can get another player to really boost them but i'm excited for them this year i i think overall like i said improvement and progress um i think everybody on their team probably takes a a good step
0: forward this year jamie your thoughts here on the oklahoma city thunder thunder
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh I think they're going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch this year. Uh, I love me some Josh Giddey, uh, obviously SGA, um, top ten talent in the league, um, top five MVP voting, I believe last year. Um, every metric, clutch points, um, you know, defense. Uh, SGA is all is is on everybody's list, um, and then you add in the ascension of Jalen Williams, um, basically. Jalen Williams one and two. Um, you bring in uh, obviously Chet, we've talked about it, um, brings in some versatility. You have ver- uh Bertans for some shooting along with Lou Dort, who's a solid defender. Um, and then I love the I love the draft pick in Keontae Johnson. I think he's a stud. Um but the west man i I just don't know who uh who out of the west they're gonna knock out um i I could see them being a play play in team for sure um just because of the the young talent that they do have but um you know even if they don't make the play in this year i i'm still super high in the thunder because they are so damn young and this is just the start of uh something that's going to be really really good in the next few years
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so in on the Thunder, man. I think this is going to, going to be one of the most improved uh, teams in the NBA. Um, I think this team, I, I, I'll come out and say, I think this team is a six seed, uh, maybe a five. I think uh, they're led by uh, one of the best leaders in basketball, SGA. We just saw what he was able to do in the World Cup. Um, I had him ranked as the ninth best player in the NBA. I think he takes another step. As I said on that uh, episode, uh, the best two-way guard in the league. Um, I think Chet is going to step in and have an immediate impact. And I just think when you have Chet at the five, the four guards that they can put around uh, him and how they're going to be able to use him and how they're going to be able to use Giddy in the post, um, they're just going to do a lot of fun things. And I I think they're well coached. Uh, They have a bunch of young talent. They have a bunch of draft picks. So if they feel like they need... they uh, want to go out and get someone, they're going to be able to do so. Um, this team is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm I'm all in on the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. Again, I think this is a real playoff team, um, and that's the biggest step for them. Uh, can they finally make that jump from being a play-in team to a uh, playoff team? and get the experience of a playoff series so we can really see where this team's going to go. The line on this is a little crazy, though, and I'll start here with you, Mike. 44-and-a-half here for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And where were they at last year? 40.
1: Really? (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, I'll go over, um... Assuming they all stay healthy, I'll go over. I don't even need to ask where I think you are, but I'll go over. Jamie.
2: Um, I'm going to take the
1: under here. No specific reason. I just think 44 is a lot. I think I, I maybe I have to jump ship too. Sorry. If I'm saying they're going to be fringe play
0: in. Um, fringe play in last year was 43 to 42. Yeah. Fringe, yeah, well, I guess Fringe under, play yeah. in was forty because if they were they were the ten spot at forty. So, oh god, I, no, I said it. I stick with it. I'll go over. I'm just I, I have contradicting myself. <laughs> no, you're good. I have them at the six seed, so I, ha- I have the over here. Damn, um, I like four, it. Forty four is what it was last year uh, to get up to the five spot or the six spot. I think that's who they are. Um, I think it's a super fun team that's only going to get better. And uh, listen, they don't have a lot of new pieces, um, but the one that they do have is uh, going to be a super impactful player. Um, can't wait to see how they play together and how this team grows and see where the season goes. Uh, next, let's move into a team that missed the playoffs. Totally um, had a nice little off season. They go out and they get Grant Williams. They go out and they draft. Um, oh, I lost my notes here, sir. Uh, they go out and they draft Derek Lively. Uh, they made a trade where they got Rashawn Holmes in the draft. Dante Exum's back. They bring Seth Curry, I think, back. I think he was already in Dallas before. Um, to add shooting to go around Luka. The Dallas Mavericks guys, uh, they made the move for Kyrie. It didn't really work. Um, uh, now we got two guards who can't really play uh together. I'm just not really sure where this Dallas team is headed. I also like the draft pick of uh, Oliver Prosper from Marquette. I think there's a lot of fun things about the Dallas team. I think they had a really nice offseason in Hull. Uh, But the West is so damn good. I am I'm, I have my concerns. I'll start here with you, Mike. What do you think here about the uh, Dallas Mavericks? Can they bounce back after a disappointing 38-win season last year?
1: There's such a wild card is not the, the right word, but... I don't know what else to call them. They're, they're just a team that I feel like could go a lot of different directions. Uh, some of the acquisitions they made, you said, are interesting. We're also talking about potentially, you know, one of the, as far as pure skill, one of the best bas- backcourts we've ever seen. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. I I I do think they bounce back a little. It's just I'm trying to find out how and in what spot and when the West is so good. Um, so it's tough for me to see that, uh, maybe the Kyrie Luka, you know, connection and dynamic has improved and they figured it out and they've gelled a little bit more through the off season and preseason. But, um, yeah, I I would like to think that they, they get over a 38 wins, um, like surpass that mark and they groove a little better but again it's it's tough to find that spot for them in the west but i'm gonna go with yeah i mean i i think they you know going down is not doesn't seem
0: like much of an option in comparison to them going up i suppose well the good news about going down is they had the jazz the blazers the rockets and the spurs below them i'm not sure anyone of those teams can pass them I just don't know how many more teams that they're going to be able to get ahead of here in the competitive West. Jamie, your thoughts here on the Mavericks.
2: Everything to me about this team, how it's constructed says um, it's going to be a lot of the same last year, but I, I don't know why I'm just a lot higher on them this year. Um, You know, the Mike talked about it, about the skill level of that backcourt and, you know, bringing back Seth Curry, You have Kleber, uh, Max Kleber there. You have you bring in Grant Williams, Derek Lively. Um, You get Dwight Powell back from injury, who I think he might be that unsung guy on the team, that role player that really does everything for these guys, and I think they missed him a lot when he went out last year. Um, I think this team's going to take a jump just because of the talent that that Luca has. I think Luca. You know, there's a lot of things I love about Luca. There's a um there's some things I also don't like, but um as far as playing basketball, there's not too many better than him. So I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. They added some size um in the off season. So um I'm a little bit higher on him this year.
0: Yeah, I mean it I don't know. It's just tough. I'll start here with you, Jamie. Over under forty three and a half.
2: Uh, I'm going to go over here.
1: Mike. Let it be known. I'm going over and this is probably one of the top two or three. I don't, I don't feel good about.
0: Switch yeah. it to Under then. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Stick to it. <laughs> I'm going with the under, uh, just not sold here. Uh, a little worried about what's going on Dallas. Can they scrap together whatever they have left in the cabinet to, uh, get someone else to come in and play? That's, Got to be the hope. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out for Dallas. A huge pressure season for Dallas. Uh, they went out and got Kyrie to try and get uh, some help for Luka, but just doesn't necessarily seem like the best guy that to help Luka because Luka needs the ball in his hands um, to playmake and do whatever he does to kind of play his style. The usage percentage is still the same. Um But we'll see. Time will tell on the Dallas Mavericks. Let's get into uh, a darling in the Utah Jazz. They were an NBA darling for a while. They were one of the top teams in the West uh, for the first couple of months. And then they decided that it was time to pull the plug and tank. Um, Didn't really lose anyone. They obviously traded for uh, John Collins. They drafted Taylor Hendricks at 9. They also drafted Keontae George in the first round a team with a ton of picks, um, but yet a team that is, is it's just confusing. Like when I look at this roster and you look at the guards, I think it's super confusing. Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It's, it's a clunky roster with like a lot of really good players. I mean, Walker Kessler, I think needs to be talked about. Um, I think Lowry Markins jump last year is obviously needs to be talked about most improved player uh, an incredible season for him last year Um, but with that being said I I just I don't know what the ceiling is and I don't know what the floor is because they were already the 12 spot is it going to be much worse probably not if I had to guess I would probably say that this team's in the same spot that they were in last year I'll start here with you Jim your thoughts on the Utah Jazz.
2: I think the last year before we, you know, we were doing these episodes last year and I remember just absolutely shitting on the Jazz, you know, um, and then they had their little run, uh, which was cute, and then they kind of fell back to reality there. Um, I'm equally um, down on them as I was last year. Um, yeah, they have some nice players, you know, I, but also I just feel like they went on a little run last year that really... It, it didn't make sense to me and <laughs> it still doesn't um you know laurie mark it was playing like dirk um everything was going well for him i i don't see i just don't see uh where this team um you know gets a lot of gets a lot of wins this year um i think they kind of fall back to reality a little bit and um start building towards something because um yeah, they have some nice pieces here and there, but I mean, when your best player is is Larry Marketing and you've seen his career, um I just I just got to be skeptical with it. So, um I'm I'm definitely down on the Jazz this year.
0: Mike, your thoughts on the Utah Jazz? Yeah, I'm
1: probably down on them too. Uh I think maybe a lot of those wins um that record may be kind of uh phony and they the win column may look a little prettier than maybe it actually should be just because of the hot start they uh they got to but i mean hey they they won the game so you got to give them the credit but i don't know if i see that happening this year for them uh we said probably in the 12th spot it, yeah it's probably going to be around that area for them so um yeah that, that's kind of my take on them
0: Mike, I'll have you get us started here. Over or under 35 and a half wins? Mm, I'll go under. Jamie?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go under as well.
0: Yeah, it's a sweet. It's an under for me too. Again, I just, the West is better at the top. Uh, It's better at the bottom. There's no easy games in the West. There's not many easy games in the NBA. Uh, I'm excited to see what Ochai Abaji can do. I think he should be starting for them this year. Um, but they have a lot of these young guys that we have no clue what they're going to be. And I just, I don't know how all these pieces fit together and I don't think it's uh, very well. So uh, that's where we'll go. We'll go into next. We'll go into the Portland Trailblazers who uh, I don't know if you guys know, they've made a pretty big trade just a couple weeks ago and sending out their superstar point guard, Damian Lillard, who wanted to play his entire career as a member of the Portland Trailblazers. But with that being said, they get a nice little jump on their rebuild here with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, They also got Malcolm Brogdon back in the Drew Holiday deal to go with uh, Chris, uh, sorry, to go with Scoot Henderson, who they drafted number two overall. They also drafted Chris Murray in the first round. um, And they also got Robert Williams back in the trade. So it's a nice little haul to a nice restart, a nice start to a rebuild for the Portland Trailblazers so with that being said I will start here with you Jamie what are your thoughts on the Portland Trailblazers
2: uh we've talked about this team you know quite a bit the last few few weeks obviously for good reason um you know <laughs> and I mentioned the haul they got back was like really really good and I still feel that way um I like I like the starting lineup um beyond that is is questionable at best um you know, you you bring in you bring in Aiden and Robert Williams. How how that's gonna go over? You're gonna you know play them together as twin towers. Um, are you not? Um, who who's gonna get the playing time? Is Robert Williams gonna even be healthy? Um, I like Shaden Sharp, um, Anthony Simon, Simons, a um, an underrated shooter in this league. Um, and and scoots, scoots, uh, must see TV. So I think they'll be fun to watch. Um, I can definitely see them, uh, competing on any given night. But like we've talked about, this West is so stacked that, uh, there's just not much room for them.
0: I agree. Mike, your thoughts here on the Portland Trailblazers? Yeah. Uh, they, they did get a, a nice little haul for, uh,
1: you know, Damian Lillard and then drew holiday. Uh, so I think they did a lot of things right in that regard. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think school is the real deal. I think he's going to be a very good talent in this league for a couple of years to come. Uh, this might, uh, I don't know. This might be a hot take, but I kind of feel like this is going to be those, one of those teams that like, uh, was it the wizards to start last year and maybe the jazz where, They get a few uh, early wins and they look like decent to start. Nobody's really too high on them. They know like they're not going to be there come postseason, but um, they pick up a few wins and, uh, you know, some some wins they probably shouldn't get. I kind of feel like maybe that might be a lane for them. Uh, Again, just nothing too, too serious. I think you said it, Steve, We're we're in the rebuilding stage, Um, but they really don't have like that bad of talent on the team for what it is. Uh, it's just, you know, the West and I'm not saying they'd be much better in the East either, but, uh, yeah, they're just in a tough spot. Um, but yeah, like, again, they're not like totally in the dark either. There is bright spots for them with these picks and scoot Henderson.
0: I definitely think it's a it's a very nice start to their rebuild to have Scoot, Shaden Sharp. I think Amphrey Simons can kind of go in the background at times Um, to go with like uh, DeAndre Ayton and Robert Williams. I mean, I said it uh, not long ago here, but I say it again, like Robert Williams, like had real defensive player of the year aspirations last year. And I think sometimes we just forget how good that uh, he can be. And I'm also really excited to see what a committed DeAndre Ayton is—a guy who is now going to get the ball in the post where he thrives. Um, something that kind of was fading out in Phoenix. And I think with him being able to get the touches in the post, um, that'll allow him to be, or that will want him, make him want to be more active and more aggressive, uh, offensively, defensively, on the glass, as we've seen him kind of fade out at times. Uh, so I think it will also keep him engaged. So I'm excited to see what Deandre Ayton looks like in Portland. Is this really the end in Portland for, or is this really, uh, what Deandre Ayton's career is going to be? Is it just going to kind of go in the background? I don't necessarily think that's the case. I just think he needs to be in a position, uh, where he's going to get his touches to help keep him engaged in the game. With that being said, I'll start here with you, Mike, over under 27 and a half for the Portland trailblazers. Oh, uh, I'm weirdly gonna go over for them. I like it, My, uh, Jamie. Over under for the Portland Trailblazers. I'll go under. Yeah, I like it, Mike. But I don't like it enough. I'm also gonna go under. I think this. I mean, I think the Wizards are gonna be the worst team in basketball, and then I think the uh, Portland Trailblazers will not be far behind here. Um, let's go into a team that's had a. I don't even know what to call it, kind of offseason with the uh, Houston Rockets. They, they hire Ime Udoka, someone that they went after fairly early in the process, a guy that I they identified. Um, they give Del- Dylan Brooks four-year, $80 million. They got Jeff Green to be a veteran. They got Reggie Bullock to be a veteran. Uh, Fred VanVleet gets more money than Kyrie. I want to say he got like $43 million per year. Um, they felt like they had a real shot at Brooke Lopez. I think like uh, if you listen to like some insiders, they'll say uh, they thought they were going to land Brooke Lopez and they didn't, but they add a bunch of new guys they get guys like Cam Whitmore in the draft Amen uh, men Thompson. I'm growing. Uh, my interest is really growing on a men and what he can be in this league. Just a freak athlete, legit um, first team, all defense potential kind of player. Um Listen, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I do know that the Houston Rockets have so much young talent um, that it's starting to uh, be a lot. And there's going to be a lot of guys that are young that are going to be competing for minutes. And it's tough because they do have some nice veterans and they're going to have to de- to decide, uh, are they going to play to win? Or are they going to really try to play to develop these guys? I'll start here with you, Mike. What are your thoughts on the Houston Rockets in this new this new regime, this new look? Yeah, I remember last year, uh, you could catch me almost
1: anytime we, uh, talked about the Rockets saying what a dumpster fire organization they have. Um, but they honestly, they made some decent moves this off season, uh, potentially overpaying some guys, but, uh, you know, if you're trying to get aggressive and and make some moves that sometimes you do have to take that risk. So, um, I, I guess, good on them for doing that. Um, Dylan Brooks already kicked out of a preseason game. Dylan Brooks also had a pretty good like FIBA run. Uh, So it's interesting how that fit will be. But if they're looking for like some toughness uh, or at least, you know, trying to appear that way, uh, that's not it's not bad. Uh, Love me some Fred Van Vliet. They have some good young talent. Um, There's kind of that weird thought that James Harden may end up there. I don't think that's the case, but. Uh, the Rockets are an interesting team. Uh, I really don't hate what they have going for them right now, which is saying a lot from you know where I probably ended with them last year. Uh, we talked, you talked about Thompson, um, Jabari Smith. Yeah, uh, it's tough for me to say kind of what they might be this year. Um, they're they're a mixed bag. They're kind of a, a collection of of guys that. You don't really know how well they're going to mesh well or mesh together. Um, so it's kind of a, a time will tell for them. But uh, like I said, their they're, Rockets are at least taking steps to try
0: and better themselves.
1: So I can appreciate that.
0: I think we need to start seeing like what Al Prince Sengun is. Uh, I want to see him in big moments. I want to see him in big games. We saw the step that Jabari made in the uh, summer league. Can he carry that over to the regular season? Listen, they're overflowing with young talent. Um, Tari Eason, a guy that often doesn't get talked about nearly enough. I'm excited to see what he is uh, in this upcoming year. Uh, He had a very nice rookie season for them in in minutes that I think should increase. Um, But it's tough because they have so many guys that minutes should increase. And again, I think it's going to come down to are they more concerned about winning, which it kind of seems like that with their approach in free agency. Or is this team going to be uh, more committed to developing? And I think that will ultimately determine what they're, if they cover their over or under. So I'll start here with you, Mike, over, or sorry, I'll start here with you, Jamie, over, under 31 and a half.
2: Well, I got a, I got out of my spiel for the Rockets apparently, but,
0: uh, Oh, my bad. Oh, my no, bad. You're good. Go wow. ahead, Have your spiel. Have you're your good. spiel and then do it. Wow.
2: No, I, I mean, I'll keep it short.
0: Uh, I, well, I just didn't know that you I wanted love- to talk about your favorite player. That's my bad. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, second, high- <laughs> second highest <laughs> paid player on the team is Dylan Brooks. <laughs> it's on. Un- it's absolutely just disgusting to me, but, um, I, I actually love the, love the moves. The Rockets made in this off Um, I think they're going to be fun to watch, uh, losing Kevin, Kevin Porter jr. Is kind of a, uh, addition. Um, even though it's a subtraction type hey, of thing, um, huge. Um, now it, it frees up, it frees up Jalen Green to take this team and um, uh, take another step because uh, the offensive ability is definitely there. We've seen that, and then you add Van Vliet with a men Thompson and Sangoon is is the truth. I I love watching the guy play. Um, super unselfish, just knows the game. Um, very, very smart. And I mean, you, you, the guards, they're so guard heavy that I'm a little worried. I mean, you got Aaron holiday who might not even see the, see the floor all year. Um, so I'm a little higher on, on the rockets than maybe I should be, but I, I like the way this team looks right now. Um, so the, what was the over under again? 31 and a half, 31 and a half. I'm going to hit the over
1: on this. Mike. Yeah, I'll hit the over on this and I feel
0: pretty decent about it, I guess. Oh, I'm scared because I want to hit the over too. Uh, I just think Ime is a huge, a huge reason why. Yeah. Um, and I, I think didn't he even brings a great culture. That. Yeah. Yeah. 100%.
2: Yeah. Along with Van Vliet, who is uh, a consummate pers- professional.
0: Yeah. With all due to respect, uh, well, I don't, I, I actually don't have any respect for Kevin Porter Jr., but uh, Jamie, <laughs> I think you bring up a good point. Um, he, uh, yeah, get it. Just him being gone is a good thing. <laughs> him being gone is a very good thing. Um, I think it's just gonna help the flow of this Rockets team, and it's gonna get help Fred VanVleet get looks for these other guys. And the guy that I don't, I, I, we're we're really bugging because we didn't even mention Jalen Green. Jalen Green's gonna have a big fucking year. I yeah. think if the if the Rockets hit over, it's because of the step that Jalen Green's about to make. And I am super, super, super excited to see what Jalen Green's gonna be in this league. Don't know how and I Kim, forgot to mention that name.
2: Kim Whitmore, you know he's yep. got a, a chip on his shoulder, because that talent is top five. Yep. Was it
0: him that just threw
1: down a vicious dunk? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, he's, that, been a, he's been a stud. If that dunk a
0: freak. Isn't, a, isn't a charge, we might be early dunk of the year <laughs> candidate. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. even, even if it was a charge, still dunk of the year candidate. All right, let's roll into... Uh, the most interesting worst team of last year that I think there will be, maybe ever. Um, it's the Spurs, and all we need to talk about is the one guy that they have added. His name is Victor Wembayama. Uh, holy shit, fellas! The preseason, <laughs> I bro, holy I, shit, Fuck man. If we're talking about a 7 4 KD, we might as well just be taught this. We, we're just gonna name it the Wemby pod. Um, uh, the we, I mean, we've seen the preseason. Like the guy's hitting pull-up shots. He's blocking four shots a game. He's not even fouling people. It, the guy's elite. Like I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be so interesting to watch how his career projects. Um, they didn't really do much outside of that. A guy they also got is my guy Seti from Cleveland. Uh, shout out to Seti. I think he's gonna have a nice role there. Um, but this Spurs team, they have a nice. They have a lot of nice young pieces. Uh, Devin Vassell got paid. It'll be interesting to see the step he takes. I'm ready to see Malachi Bronham take another step. I'm ready to see Jeremy Shohan take another step. Listen, we can go on and on and on, but to me, this is all about Victor Wembayama. What is he going to be able to do here in his rookie year with the Spurs? Are the Spurs necessarily trying to win? Maybe they're trying to get um, another year where they can add another top talent to go with him so that way this thing can take off running in the next two or three years. Um, but I'll start here with you, Jamie, on the San Antonio Spurs.
2: I mean, they can try to win, but with all due respect, there's about seven guys on this roster I've never even heard of in my life, um, which is which is just wild to me. I mean, uh, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce this guy's name, but anyway, I mean, it's all about Wemby. Um, we're obviously thrilled to to see like this new um, unicorn um, in this league. Just uh, just show his talents obviously and I'm I'm beyond him um yeah Keldon Johnson's all right um Branham's decent you know besides besides you know those guys I mean it's Victor Wembayama. Uh, I don't think the team's going to be very good just because um, they're just not um, they do have some decent pieces but uh, it's all about Wemby um although they'll probably be you know one of the worst teams in the league in my opinion as far as wins wise they're gonna be a show every night
0: swish or dish jamie victor went by yama's an all-star year one
2: uh i'll swish it just because Ooh. even if his numbers aren't like phenomenal um you're gonna want to put him you're gonna want to put him there for views if you know what thing i mean that,
0: the thing that scares me is. He might be averaging 20 a game in his first year. Again, it's going to be on a bad team, but if he's averaging, I don't know, let's just give some round numbers, like 26, three assists and like three blocks, two blocks, three blocks, probably two. Um, I don't know how this guy's not an all-star, but that's just what we've been, kind of been seeing here early in the preseason from Victor as he's already put on 20 pounds in summer league. And I think he looks much better than he looked in the summer league already. And just those steps that he's already taking uh, that I think is scary for so many teams and not just the West, but the whole entire NBA for years to come.
2: I think the hardest part um, for him, his first year is going to be scoring. Um, Not that he's not capable of it, just being able to find his spots and kind of work within the offense. But as far as defense goes, Good luck, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. He the three, three or four blocks he had the other night, not getting one foul. It's just remarkable stuff. It's just stuff you don't see from a guy who's only eighteen, nineteen years old. Mike, your thoughts here on the Victor Wembayama Spurs? Yeah. Uh,
1: oof. The, the game he had the other night certainly looked a lot different than. Um, summer league and as it should i mean he's playing with better talent the summer league roster isn't always i mean that's guys who just got drafted guys who um are trying to make it back to the league guys who are trying to keep a roster spot on their respective teams so um you know playing with better people and and you know probably a mildly different system uh, can go a long ways i think that contributes to some you mentioned him putting on the muscle um i think it's then it's just like the confidence thing too i think those first couple summer league games there's so much attention on him that uh you know it's easy to scrutinize and pick apart some of his game preseason there's i mean there's obviously still people watching him there's not as many eyes though we'll see what happens when the season starts and uh you know the whole world is watching them but he's gonna make this team better obviously Um, uh, you know we're, we're asking is this team gonna try and do well and try and win or are they t- going to try and pull the reins back and try and uh get another pick i don't know Uh, and and if you were in the mind of popovich you know you'd be probably a wealthy man if you're doing anything in basketball um but i think they kind of just see how it goes you know like if they're winning games great like let's see kind of where this can go should we make a move now um if he's playing well and they're losing games i don't think it's a complete loss uh you can see him develop grow the skill set and the confidence that he needs while also positioning yourself to get another good draft pick so uh i think they have options um i you know i don't think they're a play in team uh that would be certainly best case scenario so i still don't think they're there yet but um yeah i think overall it's a win as long as you see the growth that Wembayama should have this year. Um, you take the wins and the losses as they come, but you know, the team centered around him. You just want to see his confidence grow, his skill set, him finding his rhythm uh and his place in the NBA.
0: And my last point on this situation is like I know we are talking about how lucky the Spurs are to have Victor Wembayama, but I think what goes often understated is how lucky Victor Wembayama was to be drafted by the Spurs. Um, so my, like, I just think if he ends up in Charlotte, like what kind of situation is he ending up in, in a situation where you may be seeing the one-legged threes and just all this goofy shit that he was doing in France, which he's capable of doing in some, in some sense, but uh, you want to keep that as controlled as possible. And I think, being coached by a pop and being put immediately into one of the most successful systems that we have seen here in the NBA for how many years now, um, I think is as valuable to Victor as he is to the Spurs. So I think that will obviously really help his development. So final point here, Jamie, or not final point, but final thing here, Jamie, over under 28 and a half wins here for the San Antonio Spurs.
2: 28 and a half, huh? I'll hit the under on it.
0: Mike?
1: I'll hit the under on a two and you know who knows if tanking comes into play if that's going to affect the total so uh, yeah I'll go under
0: yeah I think I'm also on the under here um, makes me a little nervous because Victor is capable of being good enough to uh, lead a no nah, I'm not saying good but a 30 win team here early in his career I just don't know how motivated the Spurs are going to be and not to mention uh, I don't want to put this or say this but Uh, We also have to acknowledge that there have been some young big men who have had feet problem, knee problems early in their career, Um, especially Joel Embiid missed his first two years of his career due to it. Um, so these things kind of have came up. Chet Holmgren's another guy. Uh, so that's my early concern, but, uh, I just don't know how motivated they are to win. They do have all the extra picks from the Hawks in the Deontay Murray trade. Um, they might have a pick from the bulls for some reason. I don't know why off top of my head, but something tells me that they might, and I believe they also have a pick from the Toronto Raptors, uh, from the, uh, Yaka portal trade. So they have a bunch of draft capital. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but I think uh year one is kind of just get him in, the, uh, in a rhythm and find his game and figure out what needs to go around team in order to be the next dynasty in the NBA.
2: And, and not only like, even if they get the fourth or fifth pick in the draft and actually, you know, are, are better than, you know, some of those lower teams now having Wemby and, and pop, um, it's definitely more of a destination for stars to want to go to um, compared to obviously what it used to be. So it's not just predicated on, you know, getting draft picks. It's it's bringing free agents, big free agents to that place. And I think Wemby brings that, uh, adds that to that that franchise for sure.
0: And there were the rumblings, right? Like, whether they're true or not, there were rumblings that, hey, Damian Lillard said, I would be interested in going and playing in San Antonio. I'd go play for Pop. I'll go play with Victor. Um, so if you have a guy who really wanted to win saying that here while Victor is 18, uh, it's just the we can only imagine what they're going to say here when Victor is 23, 24, 25, ascending to be the best player in the NBA if he gets that far. Um, any final points, fellas, the, the conference previews are done. It's been a lot. I appreciate you fellas. Is there any final thing that we missed or you guys want to touch on before we sign off? Go Lakers. Go Cavs. Good luck balls. (laughs) I knew some. I know. All right. Jamie, get us started as we get on out of here.
2: (laughs) All right. Last episode till, uh, till the predictions come out. Um, again can't state it enough uh appreciate all the listens um all the feedback it it never goes unnoticed um till next time Michael
1: Yeah thank you everybody for the continued support uh we appreciate it you know episode by episode we are getting to the real deal and yeah we got uh predictions on NBA awards coming which is kind of fun uh we had fun with that last year so I'm looking forward to that as well so Till next time, people, we will see you.
0: Mike and Jamie, thank you guys. It's been a busy last couple of days trying to push these out. This is kind of the last run here um, before we get into opening night, which is so crazy to say that it's already here. We are – I Actually, we just passed our first year. I think like it was just a couple of days ago I saw the post that uh, we put out our first episode. So it's been a very successful first year. So I thank you guys for that. I thank our listeners and our supporters for the year. It's been incredible. We only continue to grow. We only continue to keep pushing uh, this kind of stuff out here. So we appreciate that you guys have enjoyed the content. Uh, keep helping us spread this thing. It's been an awesome ride. Uh, and we only want to keep continuing to go further. Uh, next opening night next we talk about opening night next we make our finals predictions we make our award predictions one of the best episodes that we do Um, it's super exciting that it's already here opening night slate looks pretty good Um, I can't wait to see how this shakes out it's going to be a fun season Um, I can't wait to talk about it with you guys Uh, I can't wait to cover it for you guys you guys have been the best until we start talking about the opening night stuff peace out For listening to the nothing but net nba podcast be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts nothing but net